Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. Today's Daf Ishkalim, page 11. And my name is David Hoffman. Over the last couple of days, we've been pursuing the theme of fiduciary responsibility. The responsibility of a gabay tzedakah, somebody who collects communal funds, what are the responsibilities that a person has as they handle and use those funds? And we have gotten to that topic, ultimately by exploring the idea in, in, our, mish, in our Mishnayot about how and what are the responsibilities of people of using the money from the temple treasury. Now, this is a specific use of money. Once again, I think the, think the similarity is communal funds to tzedakah. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what I mean by that in one second. But the theme of the Mishnayot that we have been studying and the Gemaraz is that people give money to the temple and that is stored in a particular area called the treasury. And that money is used for all of the temple uses. And our Mishnayot are exploring the idea of what are the responsibilities in handling those communal funds. And then the Gemara has been extrapolating from the temple funds to fiduciary responsibility writ large. And I suggest tzedakah explicitly. What are the responsibilities of somebody who collects communal funds that are meant to be used not for the temple, but for tzedakah? In today's daf, we'll continue that discussion of fiduciary responsibility, and I think we'll establish an extremely interesting analog, um, as I hope we have done in the past, to an idea that is very much with us in the present. And here, I will bring our attention, I I want to discuss a a piece of Gemara that's developed on 11a, but before I do that, I want to remind us of the Mishnah that that Gemara will go ahead and be in expansion on, and that Mishnah is found on 10b. And it's at the end of the Mishnah, and it says regarding what they will ultimately do with the Sheyare Lishka, the leftover remains of the chamber of the temple treasury after the various things of the temple have been attended to and the money has been spent. And the suggestion of the Tanakama is that they would go ahead and purchase lochim bahem yenot, shmanim, uslatot. They would go ahead and purchase wine and oil and fine flowers. Okay, and then they would go ahead and, interestingly enough, and sell those to private individuals for their offering. And the Mishnah tells us, v'hasachar lehektesh. And then the, the, the profits, the money that they got by selling all of that stuff, would go to, once again, back into the temple. And excuse me, this is not the position of the Tanakhama, this is the position of Rabbi Yishmael. Okay. 
Rabbi Akiva hears all of this, and he goes ahead and says, Rabbi Akiva Omer, and he says, Ein mistakrin bishel hektesh, af lo michel aniim. And what he says here is that one may not go ahead and generate profits by going ahead and selling these, this consecrated property, which ultimately, and, and then he goes on and he says, Aflo Michel Aniyim, neither may one profit from funds that are set aside for the poor. And what, do I, what I want to explain what's going on here is the idea, and this idea is developed in the Gemara in Ketubot, page 106b, that what they're doing is, according to Rabbi Ishmael, is they would go ahead and buy wine and oil and fine flour, bizol, as inexpensively as possible, umochrinotam biyoker, and they would go ahead and sell them for a gain. And, and that makes sense, and they would have more money. In essence, they would have an investment. It would have paid dividends, and they would have more money to go ahead and use once again for the temple. So they were using the principle of the remainder to go ahead and generate a profit. Now, on this idea expressed by Rabbi Ishmael, Rabbi Akiva says, no, this is not acceptable. One can't go ahead and use the principle to go ahead and generate a profit. Okay. Now, the question is why one can't go ahead and do that. One can't go ahead and use the principle of money that has been given to generate more money. And granted, that more money would be used for the same cause. So in some way, this seems like a positive thing. So I'd like to understand why Rebbe Akiva says no. Now, one answer is given in the Gemara in Ketubot, and it simply says Rabbi Akiva's reasoning is simply that, he's, the Gemara says it explicitly, that when the poor will come, if you're using this money for an investment and you invest it in these other things to go ahead and make more money or to sell and make more money, what happens when a poor person comes, comes to you and you'll have no money to give? And so to make sure that situation doesn't happen with the investment of the principal, Rabbi Akiva says no. You can't go ahead and invest the principal. You can't go ahead and, and invest money because ultimately the concern is there'll never be, there, there will not be um, money when it's needed. But the Gemara actually on our page, on 11a, actually investigates Rebbe Akiva's position of why not, one may not generate profits by selling consecrated prop- property or by using the funds um, of the poor to generate more money for the poor. Um, and the Gemara then makes a stipulation. Ella, and I'm on 11a, im ratza mutar. So here is a very interesting addendum that actually reworks the position of Rabbi Akiva. Here the Gemara says on Rabbi Akiva's position, which seemingly was a no to the general idea, there's a tentative yes for certain situations. If the seller who buys stuff, who buys wine and oil and flour, or will go ahead and use the money of the poor for an investment, agrees 
and makes an agreement before they go ahead and do any of this, that any loss from this business enterprise would be that person's, would be his, while the profits, right, that it says here, im while the profit, if there is profit on this investment, would go to the temple treasury. Rabbi Akiva, under this situation, if the individual takes responsibility for this investment, then he says it's mutars. So, to be explicit, Rabbi Akiva is saying you can't go ahead and do this thing of buying fruit, bizol, and selling it more expensively, because what happens if you can't? And ultimately, what happens if you buy the fruit and you have to sell it for a lower price and there's a loss? And ultimately, that means your investment has lost money for the temple or for the poor. But here, if you're willing to go ahead and take that loss, you personally and eat it, well, that's probably the wrong word, but you ultimately absorb it, right? Then you can go ahead and use that money, but realize that if there's any gain, it's not your gain. It is, in fact, the temples or the poor people, the charity itself. And then the Gemara on 11a gives an example, and it says, something like this can be found where the ita. This is the case of Barzmina, where money had been deposited with him for orphans. So people had given him money to use for orphans. And he came before Rabbi Mani and asked him the following question. So he came before Rabbi Mana and he asked him if it was permitted to invest these funds. And Rabbi Mana gave that answer that I just read, which said, if you want to agree that any loss will be yours and the profit here, he suggests, will belong to both of you to share. Interestingly enough, it seems to be a little different that you will share an element of the profit. Then he says it's permitted. And Rabbi Chiyabar Ada then gives an example and says he had funds and they belonged to orphans and it was deposited with him. And he did so and he accepted all the losses and he split the profits with the orphans. Now, in this example of this Masse that we just read, it's seemingly even more liberal in the sense that you get the individual who invests the principle of the charity gets a certain measure of the profits, and it's seemingly more liberal than the position that was stated by the Gemara, which says that the money should go back to the temple. But pulling back, and the big idea of this case that I think is animating, which I think is totally um, relevant to things that we all think about in, in the moment, the analog, which is, if a university has an endowment, if a charity has an endowment, what are the ways in which they can actually use that endowment, I'm talking about for investment purposes, to generate more money for the very charity that people gave to that endowment? So on one hand, it makes sense, but Rebbe Akiva's first position, not commented on by the Gemara, says that is not allowed. And we suggested, Rabbi Akiva said that wasn't allowed because ultimately the concern is you may not have money for the purpose. But I think we can articulate another reason, which is that you are a custodian of that money 
And I understand that you have the purpose, you have the intention of creating more money, but in all fairness, in any investment of selling fruit cheaply and trying to sell them more expensively, you don't know if you're going to be able to do that. In fact, you may lose money. If you invest money in the stock market, we get it. The idea is to make more money on that endowment. We all want that. But in all fairness, there's a real option of not making as much money and, in fact, losing money on that endowment. So what are the responsibilities, even with these good intentions, of responsibly handling an endowment of an institution to generate more money for that very charity? And I think that our Gemara on Shkalim 11a actually begin to give us some of the conceptual vocabulary um, to begin to think about the halachot of these issues. Thank you very much. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.